Hey, I'm Shannon Curtis, and you're listening to the Jazz Spotlight with Jan Ilunga. Episode 55. Welcome to the Jazz Spotlight, the podcast that gives you the insight and tools you need to be in the music industry today. Artists, authors, and top music industry experts give you actionable tips that will help you promote yourself the smart way. Here's your host, Jan Ilunga. Hey, 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 what's up, everyone? Yanni Lunga here with the 55th episode of the Jazz Spotlight Podcast. Another awesome episode and another great topic is going to be discussed here on the podcast today with another great guest. And I'm really excited about this episode. And it's an episode that I think every musician should listen to because we're going to talk about an alternative way you can perform so a different way compared to the regular performance at venues or festivals you can perform in front of an audience grow your fan base and make money and we're going to talk about how to play a successful house concert with none other than shannon curtis and if you're not familiar with shannon curtis she's a musician a dream pop musician and she's really famous for house concerts and She's going to tell us more about her story, but I can give you a sneak peek by telling you that in a two-month stretch with about 50 shows of house concerts, Shannon earned more than $20,000, which is unbelievable. And we're going to hear more about that. And we're also going to hear more about her book, which is one of the top books in the music business category on Amazon. So we're going to hear more about her book as well. Before we dive into the interview, I want to say thank you, like always, to a couple of people that are helping the podcast with their reviews. And today I want to say thank you to Red Champagne and Iceman99. So Red Champagne, Iceman99. Thank you so very much for taking the time to leave reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you so much for your help. Okay, back to today's episode. Like always, remember that you can find the links of everything Sharon and I are going to talk about in the show notes at thejetspotlight.com slash episode 55. Here is how to play a successful house concert with Shannon Curtis. Have fun. Hey everyone, I'm here with a, not a great guest, a sensational guest. And maybe you remember from episode 24, where we talked about different types of gigs with Nicola Milan. And she kind of went over this really quickly about house concerts. And that's the topic of today. And my guest today is, is really an incredible and she's an expert when it comes to house concert. My guest today is indie recording artist and performer of down-tempo dream pop. And she's also the author of the best-selling book, No Booker, No Bouncer, No Bartender, How I Made 25K on a Two-Month House Concert Tour, and How You Can Too. It's with great pleasure that I welcome on the show, Shannon Curtis. Hey, Shannon, how's it going? It's great. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm so pumped about this because I know that it's a, we were talking with you about this before the interview, that it's a kind of a, a tweak to, of something old, but it's, it's becoming more of a, of a trend and it's something that you have, you have done 
you know, and you've been so successful and, and people in the, in the music business, bloggers are writing more about this and musicians uh, seem to start experimenting with that. So we're going to hear more about your success and you can also give out some great tips, uh, some do's and don'ts. But before we go more into that, can you tell the listeners a couple of things about who you are and about your music? Sure. So I've been making um, down-tempo dream pop, like you said, for like the last, I want to, I, I guess it's been about seven years since mm-hmm. I've been doing this. And um, I play keyboard. That's my instrument. Um, when I, when I perform um, at these house concerts, it's just a solo, uh, just me on a keyboard and a microphone and lots of reverb. <laughs> 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 um, so the, so the performances at the house concerts are just, you know, solo instrument and vocal, but the recordings are much more lush and, you know, full of big cinematic sized sounds um, that I make with my husband, who's my, uh, who's a producer, music producer and, and recording engineer, Jamie Hill. And, um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's, what, that's the music I make. And I, I perform, I, you know, the house concert thing has been so wonderful for me that I, um, in the last three years, I, I think it's been three years since I've performed in a traditional public venue. I've done exclusively house concerts over the last three years because it's been so wonderful. So, um, so that's kind of what I'm all about right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you see, guys, I told you, I couldn't have picked a, a better guest for uh, for talking about house concerts. And and you said that you have been pretty much, you know, the last time you perform in a regular venue, if we can mm-hmm. call it like that, has been three years ago. And I have to ask you this. First of all, why did you start with house concerts? And why do you think uh, our house concerts can be a cool thing for musicians who are listening to you and I? Yeah, I think the best the best way for me to illustrate this is to tell you the story about how I sort of accidentally got started doing house concerts. Let's hear it. Yeah. <laughs> so it was in, in 2011, the summertime of 2011, I got an email from a fan of mine in San Diego. I live in Los Angeles, and San Diego is only about a two, two and a half hour drive from Los Beautiful Angeles. Beautiful city, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so she emailed me and she said, hey, you should come to San Diego. You haven't been here in a while you could come play in my living room and I could invite my friends and we could ask for donations for the show. And I'm, and I was like, Hmm, well, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> it sounded like a really off the wall kind of thing to do, but I figured, you know, I, I like this girl. I, you know, I've gotten to know her a little bit in the times I'd played in San Diego. Um, I surely she'll have some fun friends at the very least we'll make our gas money in donations. Right. So like, why not just go down and do it? It could be fun, a fun way to spend a Friday night. And so we drove down there and, um, we set up in the living room. And in that case, this was before I was traveling with any kind of a small PA. So it was just my keyboard, um, and me singing into the room with no amplification on my voice, but all these people just gathered around and the living room was packed with her friends that she had invited. And, um, and oh my goodness, the concert started and it was just an utterly wonderful experience. It was the kind of experience, um, performing, uh, that this is, this is why we get into doing music. (laughs) You know, when, when the audience is hanging on every note, when you can feel that they're feeling and making a connection with the music that's being played, there was just this wonderful energy in the room. And it brought me back to all those reasons why I got into doing music to begin with. You know, when you're in a club or a traditional venue, oftentimes it's difficult 
to, to fight the distractions that people have. There's, you know, activity going on at the bar. If you're at a coffee house, there's the, the bean grinder going off every 30 seconds. <laughs> you know, people are talking to their friends or they're there to socialize more than they are to listen to the music. But this was not that this was, this was not the case in this house concert. Everybody was just totally dialed in and it was such a wonderful connective experience that I just thought, wow, this is really cool. And then on top of that, at the end of the night, when we went to look in the, the vase where she had gathered donations, the host had gathered donations from her guests, we made way more than gas money. <laughs> <laughs> and so this light bulb went on and we're like, Oh my gosh, you know, not only was that like super connective and awesome and fun and like the kind of performance that every performer wants to have, but on top of that, it was financially more successful than many of the club dates or venue dates that I had done in a really long time. So we decided to experiment. We had, we had, um, uh, at that time had planned our, um, for, and I, whenever I say we and us, I'm referring to my husband, Jamie, yeah, who sure. I'm my producer, but he's also just my sort of co-conspirator and everything I do. So we travel <laughs> together as well, but we had planned to really try and build up the, my, the, the following for my music on the West coast of the United States. We were going to just really hit, um, five cities on the West Coast once a month for five months in a row. So we were going to do Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, Sacramento, and Los Angeles once a month for five months in a row. And that's a, quite a distance. It's a, quite a commitment to hit all those cities if you know the geography of the yeah. West Coast of the U.S. Um, but we, we were just dedicated to just figuring out how to build you know, a real solid following in those cities. But we, we were trying to schedule those club shows on weekends to maximize our turnout which meant we were going to have all this idle time in between those dates where we didn't want to be sitting idle. Cause you know, when you're, when you're not playing and you're on tour, you're still spending money. So it's, you know, you want to play as often as you can. And so what we did, we decided, what if we experimented with filling in some of those dates with house concerts? So it's just like, you know, put a message out to people in the area in around Seattle, say, Hey, we have a night off in Seattle, who would like to host a house concert? Here's how it could look. You would invite your friends. We would, you know, you, you would need a space to gather and the minimum number of 20 people to come to the show. And it wouldn't cost you anything up front because we would do it on an open donation basis. Who's interested? And so we started doing these house concerts as filler dates. And then, you know, what happened by the end of that five month period where we did this, we discovered that on every single measure from the money we were making, the merch we were selling, the names we were adding to the email list, to the uh, the connection and the the just the the positive experience at the show. On all these measures, the house concerts outperformed the venue shows every single time. And so this was the big light bulb that was like, oh, maybe this is something more than just you know let's use these as filler dates. Maybe this is something we should really you know really put our eggs in this basket. And, um, and so I think it, it was, it was Jamie that had the idea. He's, he, we were driving down from, um, on a long drive down the interstate five in, in Oregon on one of those <laughs> trips. He's like, what if we did a whole tour of only house concerts? And so it was in early 2012 that I put out the word to my, my email list and put it on Facebook and Twitter and said, okay, guys, I've got this crazy idea. This is totally off the wall. And not normal, <laughs> but it just might work. And, you know, what we want to do this, a, a tour of just house concerts, who would be willing to host a show if we did that? 
And we ended up getting more responses um, from for that summer than we could even accommodate in, in 2012. And we, we ended up doing a 35 show house concert tour in the Western half of the United States. And it blew away every expectation that we had for it. We had budgeted and figured out, okay, here's how much we need to make every night to make this work financially. And it, it blew it out of the water. We ended up at the end of that first summer doing two and a half times better financially than we, than we had projected we would. We added um, so many names to my mailing list. And the thing about it is that like these, these are people who were really invested. These are not just people who happened to be at a club or who were you know, casually listening to music while really just talking to their friend. They were people who were really connected to the music. So the, 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 the interactions with the audiences we had were just so much more meaningful. And so this is a very long roundabout way of coming around to the question of why house concerts are good for artists. They've been good for me. Because I mean, I've mentioned the money part. Um, you know, we've we've done really well financially um, on uh, 2013's summer house concert tour, which is the the title of the book that you mentioned is based on the 2013 house concert tour. We did 50 shows and we averaged an income of $500 a night from those shows, which is way better than any venue touring I've ever, ever, ever done. (laughs) Um, We did another tour this past summer in 2014. We did 60 shows and our averages went up. We averaged over $600 a night um, on this summer's tour. So financially, I mean, it's actually a model that actually works. Um, So that's one reason why it works for me. And the second reason which is maybe, well, I guess it's probably equally important, is just that the the connections that I'm making with people, uh, with music listeners, with music lovers, with people, new people every single night that um, are introduced to my music and make a deep connection with it because there's something unique about the house concert experience. The, the fact that it's in an intimate space, the fact that they've been invited there by their friend, you know, um, to hear this music that their friend really loves and wants to support. Um, you know, there's just all the conditions are ripe for an artist making deep connections with the audience, which as an independent artist is really, really important because, you know, we can survive, not, not just survive, but thrive in an independent career. If we have the, 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 the dedicated support of, of, of people like that, um, you know, like I, I like to to sort of compare it to um, like high school dynamics, you know, like the really mm-hmm. popular kids at school. Like, let's say that's like Katy Perry, you know, <laughs> she, may have, she may have like, you know, millions and millions of fans around the world. You know, she's like the popular kid at school who has lots of friendly acquaintances. But being an indie artist, you've got to have those true blue people that are going to be with you through thick and thin, that are going to buy every album that you have, support every crowdfunding campaign that you do, wear your T-shirt proudly. You know, the, And the house concert experience really fosters that kind of connection, the kind of connection with audiences that, that can sustain uh, an independent music career. Yeah, I, I love your story. And, and pretty much everything... Uh, is also laid out in, in your book, a best-selling book that has been among the top 10 in the music business category of Amazon. So congratulations, Shannon, on, on that. And and I want to throw out more numbers out there. We uh, You have told some, I said some, the title of the book talks about the 25K, so the $25,000 you have earned in two months. But guys, now really, really listen carefully about the numbers because Shannon, told us uh, in the book she she talks about the two months uh, summer gig so two months 60 days 50 shows in total and in those 50 shows she added about 500 new 
people to her email list. She averaged, as she said, about $500 per gig. She sold about 700 CDs and about 200 uh, t-shirts and totes. So incredible numbers. And it's something that you guys should really think about, not only for the money aspect of obviously, you know, you earn money, why not? But also for, for the nurturing super fans aspect of what Shannon talked about. And if you remember from episode six, Jen Chapin talked about something similar about the, you know, how frustrating it can be in a way performing, for example, in a sports bar where you are kind of background music and people are maybe yeah, listening to you, watching football on TV, talking with their friends, having beer at the same time. So they're not really kind of appreciating your music. And, and Shannon, let's dive into, into the practicalities into some sure. tips for our listeners. The first question I have to ask you is like, you know, how, like, where can they start from? What tips do, do you have for them? If someone is listening to you, it's like, you know what? I want to do the same thing. Where should they start from? Sure. So I recommend, um, you know, if you, if you're, if you've been, um, collecting an email list, which I hope you are, if you're listening to this, I hope that you have an email list out at every show and that you encourage people to sign up for it mm-hmm. <laughs> because so, social networks will come and go, but your email list is yours forever. Amen. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if you've been collecting an email list, that's a great place to start, of course. And then your social networks as well. The very first time we did this, I just put out a newsletter to my email list and then posted on Facebook and Twitter about this idea. Um, and, and didn't just post about it one time, didn't just send one newsletter about it. You know, it it was, it was a thing. We, we, we posted and sent newsletters about it multiple times to get people's attention. Um, but you know, if you don't have a large, um, following yet as an artist and you're wondering about how to start, I recommend starting with your friends and family. You know, this is the cool thing about a house concert is that you don't have to know the booker at the great venue to get in and get a good slot. You just need somebody who is a fan or a supporter of you, um, to, to give, to get you your foot in the door. You know, um, I, and I think that sometimes performers have this, like, we have sort of this pride about like, well, you know, I don't want to just perform for my friends and family. Like, you know, I, I need, I need fans. Well, you know what? Get over it. Like (laughs) the people people who support you can be the beginning of, of something that will grow over time. And you know what? I've done two house concerts at my mom's house. I've done three of them at my dad's house. I've performed in my aunt's backyard, you know, but the cool thing about house concerts is that even if you start with a very small community where you're, you know, doing shows at your friend's house or in your parents' house or whomever, the thing about them is that, that they tend to be kind of viral in that people come as guests and the the vast majority of people who come as guests to house concerts have never experienced anything like this before. It's a new experience and it's fun and totally awesome. And so what some of, one of the things that happens every single night that we do a house concert is that somebody sometimes multiple people come up to me afterwards and say, I want you to come and do this at my house. When can I schedule you to come to my house? And so even if you've started with your mom (laughs) or your cousin or whomever, you know, there will be people that will want to share this with their communities. And so you will grow outward in that way. So start with what you have, even if you don't have a large following yet as an artist. Awesome, awesome, awesome tip. And, and my next question is, is actually about the space. And this is something you really talk about in your book, because when we, when we hear the words 
house concerts. We just think about performing in a house, but you actually said that you have even performed in kind of unusual venues like winery or in, in a small theater or in a gallery. And you also talk about uh, the difference between performing indoors and outdoors when it comes to to the audience. So you kind of, in your book, you say that, you know, kind of to, to narrow it down to the very basic, the space has to allow people to sit to be seated as a group in front of, of you performing. Yeah. And so do you want to tell a bit more about that and about the concept of space? Absolutely. So, you know, house concert, um, there ours are most often in somebody's house or in somebody's on in their backyard, but we've done them in, in, like you said, alternative spaces. You know, there was, there's a co-working space that, um, a, a fan of mine in Montana has, that, you know, we've gone, gone and done a show in there a couple of times. Um, we've done them in like a photo studio. Um, there was one uh, person, the, the little theater, that they, they decided that they wanted to host a lot of their friends <laughs> at this place in, in Manhattan, Kansas. And so they rented out the small local theater. So, you know, ideally it's a space that's free for your host, mm-hmm. you know, so that they don't have to invest. But then again, there's sometimes where hosts really want to go all out and do something special. And, you know, the, the, this, at, at its core this event is something that you are co-creating with each one of your hosts, which is part of the power in it, right? It's not, um, it, it, the, the host has ownership in this as well. And, um, and so, you know, if they've got a creative idea, they want to invest more in it. Hey, great. You know, that if it brings a good experience to the guests, that probably will mean greater connection and a bigger bottom line for you at the end of the night. So, you know, that, that's, that's a good thing. Um, but the, the one requirement that we have, no matter what the space is that our host wants to use, is that everybody in attendance at the event during the concert time must be able to have a seat directly in front of where the stage area is going to be. Um, so nothing with any obstructed views, mm-hmm. no seating across the other side of the pool or, you know, <laughs> nothing around a corner. Like we want what we want to be doing, what we want to do for all of our house concerts is create create that intimate confines, you know, that, that allows for that connection. Um, you know, you've got, you've got the control to do that at a house concert. So why not set things up to your greatest advantage? And, and the, the thing is, and the reason you know, we, we go into such excruciating detail in the book about all these little, uh, these points to mm-hmm. hit is because every single one of those points affects your bottom line. <laughs> you know, especially if you're doing the show based on a donation, a, a donation basis, the experience that that the audience gets will translate into how much they feel they want to express their gratitude for the experience. And so you just kind of have to design every little bit of the experience to be awesome for the (laughs) audience. So, you know, putting them in a space where they, where they are in, you know, a seated concert style, even if it's not, uh, you know, an actual physical seat, you know, blankets on the grass or, you know, pillows on the carpet, you know, in a packed living room is perfectly fine, but you want to make sure that this, that the space is, you know, a, a contained area where everyone is participating in the same listening experience for the length of the entire concert. It's very, very important that that happen. Awesome. Great tips on how to organize the space. Thank you so much for that, Shannon. And I want to ask you to tell us more about the uh, the relationship between the host and the donations. Because in your book, you talk about a uh, kind of 20 guests being the minimum kind of magic number in a way. Mm-hmm. And you talk about the importance of or of having a great host. So, so someone that 
can you know can invite friends and relatives and and friends of friends to to attend the concerts and also they play a key role in the donation aspect of house concerts so do you want to tell us more about that Yes, absolutely. So I will schedule a house concert with anybody who uh, has a space for us to gather, like I described just now, and who tells me that they can they can get a minimum number of 20 adults to come to the event. And and yes, that's that's sort of like the, the minimum that we've that we've sort of established because 20, you know, when there's fewer than 20 people at a house concert, our experience has been that it can it can feel not quite like a special event. It kind of, kind of feels like a group of friends gathered rather than just it, it being like an event. Um, and so when there's more than 20, everybody who comes, it just kind of feels there's just, just a better energy in the room because it's more of a, a thing, you know? Um, and then on the, on the financial side of things, we've just found because we, because we do most of these shows on a donation basis, that 20 adults, line seems to be a good tipping point in terms of, you know, when there are 20 adults contributing to the donation jar at the end of the <laughs> night, that seems to be a good tipping point that it makes it worth our while to have made the trip there and, and to do it. And then there's, there's 20 people buying your merchandise at the end of the night as well and things like that. So, so that that's kind of sort of where that number comes into play, but yes, the host is really, I mean, that the host, a good host is, can make a host will make or break your night. <laughs> so we, we work really hard at helping each one of our hosts um, plan for and execute a really great event. And so, um, you know, we send them uh, detailed information in a house concert guide about things that we want them to do to prepare, how to prepare their invitations, how to, you know, arrange the seating space, what the schedule is going to be, all these kinds of things. Um, Uh, to help them put on a great event. And, you know, um, in terms of the donations, that is really, you mentioned, that's, that's, that's the thing, having the host involved in the, in the donations is the thing that can really make or break your night. So the way that we do it is we actually have the host at the end of the concert. So not as people are coming in the door, but at the end of the concert, after everybody's experienced this really cool experience, the host gets up front um, with me holding a donation vessel, a vase, a box, a hat, or whatever, you know, <laughs> um, in their hand and says something like, this has been such a wonderful experience. I hope that you've enjoyed this as much as I have. Um, I want to remind you, this is a donation based concert because that was in the invitation that they sent all of their guests. <laughs> right? I want to remind you, this is a donation based concert. I'm going to leave this, this vessel up here next to Shannon's keyboard. Please give as generously as you can to show her our appreciation for the night. And then walk away. But the idea is that the that the host has kind of then become an ambassador for you as an artist with their guests. And they already are. They have they've already invited their community to come and hear some music that they already like and support. And so they by by having them be the one that asks for the donations, it just um it just works better than, <laughs> than the musician, the artist sitting up there saying, um, and now we're gonna collect donations for the show. It's just, it's awkward and it doesn't work as well. So your host is really kind of your ambassador with the guests. And, and we found that that works just really, really well to have them do that announcement at the end of the show. Awesome. And I think that you make it, you make it very clear, uh, not only, you know, in terms of bringing people through the doors, 
but also in terms of helping you as a musician uh, making money. So the role of, of the host and obviously donations are a part of, of your income that you, of the income you make through house concerts. And another one is the merchandise. So yeah. I, I said earlier some numbers of, you know, like, uh, 700 CDs, about 250 t-shirts in, in two months. So in 50 gigs are pretty great numbers. And you talk about also the merch table in your book, but do you want to tell the listeners a couple of quick tips on how to set up the merch table in house concerts? What do, should they keep in mind? Absolutely. And you know, uh, on the numbers tip, we did uh, in 2013, the, the, the tour that, that that book is based on, we um, 45% of our income every night was from merch sales. Okay. So ha- having a good merch strategy is super important because it will get, it, it, you know, it'll be about half of your income every night. Um, and so, yeah, a couple of tips. Um, one of the things that we always do is we want to make sure that the merch table is set up um, in a place. There, there are two requirements. It needs to be set up in a place where it's visible during the show. So that when I get to the point in my concert where I mention the CDs I have for sale and the t-shirts that I have for sale, I can point and everybody can look in there, look over there and see it and say, oh, that's where the merch table is. And oh, look that cute t-shirt. I could see myself in that, you know, <laughs> like they start to think about what they want to do so they could, they know exactly how to take action on going home with your stuff afterwards. So make sure it's visible from where the audience is sitting. And the second thing is we always make sure that it is situated in a place where there's natural traffic flow, like where people will be naturally walking after they've left the concert seating area. So you don't want it to be set up on the opposite side of the yard from where people are accidentally walking by. (laughs) So this is just a strategic place for setting it up. We always, um, we've got a couple of vintage suitcases that we've um, rigged with some rope lighting and it just looks really warm and inviting. So, you know, I recommend doing something where they can actually see like where the, where, you know, there's a display so that can see from a distance what's going on at the merch table. I know a lot of musicians tend to just kind of like toss a few CDs and a fan shape on the, <laughs> on the flat surface of the table, but that's not really exciting, you know? So make it look like something inviting and think about, you know, a store window. This is your store window, you know? Um, and, uh, and yes, those are, those are a couple of the tips and, you know, on the merch table uh, topic, um, I always, as soon as the concert is over, in fact, I tell people, I'd love to shake your hand and say hi after the show. I'm going to be standing by the merch table. It's really, really important. Even if you have somebody else selling merchandise for you after the show, it's really important that the artist is standing right there next to the table because people will want to come up and talk to you. And it's much better if they're shaking your hand and you know asking questions while they're also out of the side of their eye looking at those CDs that they could be taking home. <laughs> So that's an important strategy as well. Love it. So uh, put that uh, or place the merch table in a place that it's visible where you as an artist can point and people can easily see it and in a place where people naturally pass by and make sure to be there after your gig to interact with people and, you know, to kind of be an, an anchor for your merch table. And if you were to give one final tip for the listeners when it comes to 
house concerts. I mean, obviously, guys, you will find the links to all the things Shannon and I talked about in the in the show notes. There's gonna be links, a link to her, her book, a link to her website, shannoncurtis.net, where she also writes about about house concerts. And you will also find the PDF guide, the Shannon Curtis House Concert Guide there on her website that you can download you can see how she communicated with the with the hosts what you should keep in mind but so shannon if you were to give one final tip to the listeners what would that be oh man it's hard to sum it up with one final tip. <laughs> okay a couple of <laughs> tips really i, I cut you some slack <laughs> it's really hard you know i mean it's I, I i just have to say this is not how i expected my music career to go this is not, you know, when I started doing music, how I thought I would find um, great fulfillment and success with my music. Um, and it is a bit unusual, but, you know, our our industry is, is on its head. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is the time to find um, new paths. And, you know, um, I feel fortunate that um, that we accidentally stumbled into into this method um, because really it has been the absolutely just the most rewarding and fulfilling um, aspect of my career thus far. And so if I guess, I guess the tip would be if you feel any apprehension about it, if you, if you're feeling like it's foreign and it's weird, (laughs) yes, it is all of those things. (laughs) Um, But, and and it does require a bit of, um, vulnerability to perform in a small space in a well-lit, you know, area within someone's living room or someone's backyard. But I feel like if you're willing to go there, the reward on the other side is just so great. So give yourself a shot and do it. I recommend it. <laughs> awesome. And guys, if if you do it, make sure to let Shannon know on, yeah. on Twitter at Shannon Curtis, give her a shout out. Or even if you're not planning a house concert, but you have listened to this episode, make sure to follow her on Twitter again at Shannon Curtis, give her a shout out. And the last thing I want to say is we are approaching the end of the year where Christmas is almost here. So guys, if you're, if you're a musician or you're, you know, musician and you, you're interested to learn more about house concerts, Shannon Curtis book, it's a great, idea for a Christmas gift either to yourself or your friends or or relatives, husbands, wives, whoever in the family is a musician. Shannon, we're approaching the end of, of this year and 2015 is almost here. Do you have something coming up for next year that you can share with the listeners? Any plan? Well, you know, we'll be doing another house concert tour next summer. Um, awesome. You know, we'll absolutely be doing that. We'll start planning that in, a, in about late March and then we, we take off on tour in June. Um, uh, other than that, I don't have any, we'll, we'll, I'll be doing a new album as well. I, I, I will be putting out a new album before we, or as we head out for that summer tour next summer as well. But you know, the one thing that for the listeners that I, that I really wanted to mention too, is that we are just now in the process of launching. In fact, I think it's going to be going live in the next couple of days. Um, a community, an online forum community for artists who are doing house concerts. The book is a great resource and I would recommend anybody starting there, you know, to re- read the book, to get ideas about how to, you know, uh, plan good house concerts. But we found that a lot of people who've read the book have more questions. And mm-hmm. so we've started this online forum. So if you go to my website, shannoncurtis.net, the, the, there will be a tab at the top that just says community and it's going to be a place uh, for artists who are doing house concerts to come, um, you know, ask questions, share ideas, 
um, get resources, gain inspiration um, as we kind of all navigate this new weird model of doing things. So um, that's one thing that we'll be focusing a lot on in 2015 too. So please come join us on the forum. That's awesome. That's awesome. And guys, again, you will find the links to everything Shannon and I talked about and mentioned the links to everything here in the show notes. Shannon Curtis, thank you so very much for being here on the podcast and telling us more about yourself and your incredible story with house concerts. Thanks so much for having me on. It's been awesome talking with you. My pleasure. All right, everybody, we are back. What can I say? Shannon, really, thank you so very, very much for being here on the podcast, for sharing your incredible stories, giving out some great tips and telling us more about your amazing book. Thank you again and happy holidays to you. Okay, guys, I want to wrap up this episode with two more things. The first one is a great program that I'm sure that those of you who are listening who are musicians are going to love it. And, you know, now that we're approaching the holiday season could be also a good gift idea if you are married to a musician or, you know, a musician, maybe your brother or sister could be a great Christmas gift. Then go to thejetspotlet.com slash 180day. So thejetspotlet.com slash 180day. Go there and you'll be redirected to the 180-day music licensing challenging. It's a great program that I really think you guys should check out. And you have to register for it. And the deadline is December 31st, so the end of, of the year. But it's a great program run by Aaron Davison of howtolicenseyourmusic.com. And he has helped during his career, he has helped his clients to get music placed in, in some incredible places like MTV Music, Discovery Channel, Showtime, and in some commercials and movies as well. So if you want to learn more about that, head over to thejetspotlet.com slash 180day and you will be redirected to the page. And again, that is an affiliate link. So in case you decide to enroll for the program and purchase it, I want to thank you for using my link. So that's the first thing I want to tell you. And in case you're wondering... Yeah, Aaron is going to be on the podcast very soon and he's going to tell us more about music licensing. So stay tuned for more on that end as well. The second thing I want to talk to you about is next week episode. And yeah, I say episode because there's going to be one last episode for the year on Tuesday, episode 56. And then for a couple of weeks, the podcast is going to be on holiday and then it will be back in the beginning of January. And, you know, the best thing to stay updated with the podcast and with the new episodes, it's actually subscribing to the podcast. If you go to thejetspotlet.com slash show, you'll end up on the iTunes page of the podcast. Hit the subscribe button so you are subscribed and you will get every episode as soon as I hit the publish button. So Tuesday episode, it's another episode that I really, really, really think Every one of you who is a musician should listen to because we're going to talk about music marketing for the do-it-yourself musician. And man, do I have a great guest coming on to talk about that topic. I'm sure that you're going to love that episode. So that's on Tuesday. So make sure to stay tuned and check out episode 56. I'm Yanni Lunga and you've listened to the Chatspot podcast. Thank you so much for listening and have a great weekend. Take care.